0: This is the PR Podcast, a show about how public relations helps you tell your story to the world. We talk with great PR practitioners who have the skills, creativity, and just plain savvy to get their clients noticed. Now here's your host, Jody Fisher. everyone, and welcome to the PR Podcast. I'm Jody Fisher. Thanks for joining us. We start this show, as we always do, with a big thank you to everyone who has subscribed to our podcast and followed us on social media. If you're not already subscribed, we are on all the popular podcast platforms. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, and more. We also have a show page on anchor.com. So you can go there, search for the PR podcast. You'll find our homepage and you can even click a button and record a message to send to us that we might even play on an upcoming show. Please do send your feedback, good, bad or otherwise, because that's what this show is all about. It's creating a resource that is valuable to you. So check us out on social media. Uh, Continue to send your messages and your questions you want answered on the show, and we'll make this something that you can tune into and use every single week. We have got another spectacular guest this week, so let's get right into it. Roger Clark is the features reporter at New York One in New York City. He's been a fixture on the station since its earliest days, and he seeks out the stories of the real people of New York City in every neighborhood of the five boroughs. He's also very active on social media and very entertaining, I will add, and he is an admired professional and a true friend. Roger, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Jody. Thanks for having me.
0: I really appreciate it. Tell us a little bit about how long have you been at New York One now?
1: Uh nineteen years back in August uh, was nineteen. So I started in August of two thousand one. I had been um, I grew up in New York City and in, in Queens, and I had been in upstate for about ten years, kind of fighting my way back, working in local radio, local TV, and finally got the uh, opportunity to come back to my hometown and tell stories uh, in August of two thousand one. Sadly, it was just in time for nine eleven. Um, it was which was an interesting way to uh, kind of come back home, but uh, certainly. I was glad that I was able to be here and see the rebirth of uh, my hometown. Uh,
0: tell us a little bit about what you do as uh, a reporter for New York One. You, you play what I'll say is a unique role there. You are not the, the sort of the typical chase the story of the day kind of reporter. You are enterprising. You dig up some very interesting stories, what I refer to as like the real people stories, uh, and you tell some terrific stories about New York City. But tell us what you do every day and how you go about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I basically, you know, th- there are times when, you know, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation. And I consider myself pretty versatile, thankfully. So I am able to cover the breaking news stories when needed. But for the majority of the days of the year, I'm I'm covering uh, what, you know, And in, in, in the past there used to be, uh, the expression was fluffy stories. But... Um, <laughs> and I'm okay with that, but I, I, but really what it is, it's, 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 you know, all the, the, the good things that, that people love in the city, you know, it could be um, a great cultural institution opening a brand new exhibit up, or it could be a nonprofit having a, a food drive in their community, or even um, sometimes I just like, I kind of like fly by the seat of my pants, and I like, I, I I created my own little series called End of the Line, where I travel to the last stop on a subway line, and just kind of explore the community and with literally me and my camera person just walk into like diners and shops and barber place barbershops and beauty salons to go hey what's going on here tell us about your neighborhood and so things like that and it's, it's a lot of fun uh, most of the time I'm I'm coming up with my own story ideas uh, I, I of course have to de- work with the assignment desk and tell them so they know where I am and I'm not a <laughs> renegade or anything but uh mainly uh you know and actually in a big part of it is is thanks to to you and you know, people in the public relations field because that's where I get a lot of my story ideas. You know, you can't say yes to everything, but I, I have to say that I've been really fortunate to have uh, some great relationships over the years where folks have been able to hook me up with some great stories. Well,
0: but, and we're going to get into how you interact with PR people, but going back to the story you were telling about, and I love that new series that you've got the end of the line series, because okay. anyone who lives in New York city, uh, who has taken, or, or, or does business in New York city, has taken the subway, um, those ends of the line may be familiar and may not be familiar. I mean, I I rode the subway for years when I was working in New York, living and working in New York City, and I probably can count on one hand the number of times I actually went to the end of the line of one of the subway lines. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you developed that idea
1: um, and and what what you're going after when you go out on those stories. Yeah, no, I think a lot of it, you know, so I I like to be on the, on the show in the morning. You know, I, I basically, I, I'm part of the our, our morning show, which is called mornings on one. And before that it was just called news all morning. And it's hosted by Pat Kiernan who's been here even longer than me. And he's a very well-known face in New York city television.
0: That's a movie star. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> well, you've so been in I a couple
1: movies. Haven't you been in a couple movies? Tim, you know, playing not, yourself? I sadly, well, I got to say my one movie appearance was in the Smurfs movie and um. The big question I got from people was, "How many Smurfs did you meet?" And the answer was zero because (laughs) I would have loved to meet a Smurf. Um, I did get to do a Law and Order SVU last year, which was really cool. That was exciting. I was I was like, blow. I was let's just say this. I've been on TV, what you know, TV and radio for thirty years. I've never been that nervous in my life. I was literally shaking as I was doing my lines. It was was crazy. Ice Tea was there. I was I was kind of freaking out a little bit, but it was apparently I did okay. So, but, but yeah, I mean, it's like. Um, the thing with me is that I like to be on the show, so I want to be on it as many times a week as I can. That could be four, it could be five. So my thing was, you know, sometimes I come up with the ideas and this is going to sound crazy is because I got nothing else going on. So I brainstorm and I'll sit down, like I'll have, me and my videographer will just, I'll say, all right, we got it. What, what can we do? And so I've come up with, you know, and you might've seen them. Um, I, I did this thing about how every borough has a park Avenue how every borough has a main street. And it was a trick que- that's a trick question because Manhattan's main street is actually on Roosevelt Island, which is politically part of Manhattan. So there's not really a main street in the island of Manhattan, but it's on Roosevelt Island. So these like, like little like quirky things and people like it. People love like trivia. People love history of the city and people love to like kind of be surprised and be like, what? I didn't know that. Are you kidding me? And that's what I try. I, so I try and come up with ideas like that. And they're they are so
0: great. And again, I, I, I refer to them as like real people stories, which are the kind of stories that I love to tell um, in my job when I'm representing clients, um, you know, and, and, I, and I always talk to clients and I think you'll probably agree with me. All stories are about people. They may be eventually be about a thing or an institution or a place to go or whatever, but, but at their core, they're always about people. Um, do you bring
1: that focus to what you do? Well, you obviously do, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Like for instance, on the end of the lines, like I did one the other day, and I stormed. You know, we stormed into this. um, It was a little tiny grocery store that really catered mostly to Albanian and Balkan foods. So that's a real talk about a niche audience. But there's a pretty big Albanian population in in um, the Bronx. So the lady is looking at me like I'm nuts, and I'm telling her, "Hi, I'm Roger Clark. I'm from New York One. We do this end of the line." You know, I hadn't gone through the whole spiel. But I got to know this lady really well, and she like started like giving me Albanian candy bars and Albanian soda. Try this, try this, try this. Next thing I know, I, like I'm practically friends with this woman. And then people get to see her, you know. Then then she becomes part of the story. So it's not just about the last stop on a train line. It's about the people who are there. I talked to a guy who made. Uh, he was in a little booth and he made uh, fresh juices outside of one of the delis uh, on, uh, there. And I, I'm ta- here. I am. I'm talking to Jose. You know, I never met him before. But now the whole city's going to find out that this guy's a hardworking guy. He loves his job. He makes friends every day with his customers. Yeah, so things like that. So really, you're right. I mean, real. I, I want New York is a great town. It's a diverse town. There's so many people from so many different walks of life, and you know, it's fun to show them. You know, it's fun to meet them. And I, I sometimes, I, you know, I, I, there's people, I, they're all in my head from like 19 years of being here. Like, I, I still remember. And sometimes you'll see them again and be like, hey, remember me? I met you like 10 years ago. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, you make friends. It, it's, it's fun. Well, and you've got to be one of the, you, you are one of the
0: more recognizable people in New York City media. Um, I've got to imagine that you approach some people and they instantly feel like they know you.
1: Yeah, a lot of times though, they, it's funny. I which I, and I love this. They won't they won't confess at first that they know who I am, and it'll be at the end they'll be like, "Oh, okay, see you later, Roger. I'll see you tomorrow on TV." <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you. Tomorrow, and I'm like, right? "Oh, you watch New York One?" Because for a while, you because know, at, at the beginning it seems like I'm trying to explain like there's this TV station. It's called New York One. It's like 24-hour news, blah blah blah. And you know, I, and then afterwards they they kind of fess up and say, "Yeah, I know who you are." <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and New York One, I mean, going back to the
0: origins of New York One, really kind of an anomaly when you think about it, 20, a 24-hour TV news station in New York City. I mean, if it belongs anywhere on the planet, it belongs in New York City. But there are also real challenges to creating a, a 24-hour news product. I mean, I came from a 24-hour radio news background, working for 1010 Winds, WCBS Radio, um, there are real challenges to to finding stories. I mean, on the one hand, maybe there are too many stories to report. On the other hand, you've still got to go and find them, right?
1: Yeah, it's surprising though, you know, that what you'll have a period where you, it'll be, uh, they'll just keep coming at me. I'll get emails, I'll get Facebook messages, I'll get Instagram messages, I'll get Twitter messages. People will tweet at me with ideas. And I'm like, wow, that's a good idea. And then you'll hit those dry spells. And I, that's when I have to like, come up with those you know end of the line and things like that because i'm just like wow this is and you know there's certain times of year around the holiday season of course it's always a little tough in the summer people are on vacation and but yeah that's there you definitely have those dry spells and that's when it really becomes challenging you're like okay i gotta have something for tomorrow it's 10 a.m what am i gonna do today <laughs> mm, right and so, so that's
0: a so that's a great segue you know talking about where you get your ideas from um, and you mentioned before that you get a lot of pitches from PR people like me. Um, what do you think goes into um, to a great idea for a story? What gets your attention when that, whether it's an email or the tweet or the Facebook message, what gets your attention about a story?
1: Well, it's, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, I think it's, it, one of the good things about doing it for a long time is there's, there are a lot of the PR professionals I deal with have a familiarity with what I do the type of stories I do and what it takes to be able to pull it off, especially for instance, like I do the mornings. So one of the biggest problems for a lot of people is I need you to open up your butcher shop to do a story about meat, which I probably wouldn't be doing these days, but um, at 6am, like I need the doors open. I need the lights on and someone has to do it. Now, some people will be like, Oh God, no, I can't, I'm not, I can't wake. I don't No, I don't do that. I don't wake up that early. Sorry. And then other people will immediately be like, yes, 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 because they know they're going to get this unbelievable publicity and the story's going to run over and over and over. And it's going to be, now we have a great new news app, which is on and you get hits there. So it's, it's really invaluable to be able to, if you're willing to take that, that extra effort. And the great PR people who I work with are the ones who will say, don't worry, I'll get them there. They'll be there at six o'clock. Whereas others have been like, um, could you be there at 8 PM at night? And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm going to sleep because I do the morning <laughs> so, so that's that's <laughs> always an issue. So I think that the 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 great ideas are the ones that are that are doable for me because of my my schedule. So you know, like I can't cover a band playing at nine p.m. at night. That's not going to be the story that I'm going to do because it's just it, it's not some. But if you're able to get me something where i could be there 9 10 11 a.m. shoot it write it up that later that day and then have it ready for the next day and then let us in the next morning so we could be live from especially if it, you know jody if it's a if it's a, a, a like for instance me and you did something great at the at Eigner's chocolate shop in uh, in queens the legendary old old great old fashioned chocolate shop now if i stood outside for the live shots in front of Eigner's i would have been okay but you got me into the where they make the chocolate, and we're making chocolate while we're doing it. It's so much better television, you know?
0: Yeah, and well, and, and that's a, there's a good example, and you mentioned the, the rock band piece, because I know you're a drummer in a band, uh, and a terrific one. Um, but there's a couple examples of sort of the PR people uh, knowing you, knowing what you do, and sort of pitching you in your sweet spot. You know whether it's the band example or whether it's you know that that particular thing that you and I did together had a Game of Thrones tie-in, and I know you and I are a little bit of geeks. So I'm a huge <laughs> <geek>. <laughs> yes. So so I knew that you would at least get it off the off the bat. Um, but you're right. You know the 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 extra mile, or maybe the you know the last mile of what you need to do as a PR person is making sure that you're giving. The reporter the elements that they need to do their job and and i've said this over and over again and i sometimes catch flack for it i have as much interest in taking care of the reporter as i do taking care of the client because if i give the reporter what they need to do the thing that i want them to do they'll probably do it if it works if it makes sense if they like it if they can you know there are a whole bunch of variables that go into it but at its core i need to deliver to you as the reporter things you need to pull it off right
1: oh for sure and and uh, like i i even look back to another time we worked together and this was much more of a grand scale i mean when we were at agner's chocolate it was me you and the couple who owned the place Uh, another was when the enterprise uh space shuttle was on its way to the intrepid and it was me and my geek again (laughs) right which was I got to tell you, it was one of my favorite stories of all time. But I remember seeing you that day and you were definitely Harry. You had like, so, I mean, that was a huge event. You had Leonard Niboy there. You had this person. And somehow, some way you, I remember you, you you handled everybody like in a a good personable fashion. Like you weren't yelling at us and screaming at us. Like, and I always remembered that. I was like, you know, Jody's a good guy because he, he didn't have to be that way because that's one of those events. You know, sometimes those events, the press, we get thrown into a pen and, you know, we, we kind of get treated like cattle and, and, and nobody cares. But you, I, I always felt like you you were one of those people, who, did, you know, PR professionals who don't do that. And that day, you you made sure we had everything we needed. And we were just the local station, you know, local New York One station. There's network television there. And I always appreciated that. And I think, you know, I have to say there have been some times like uh, when the Super Bowl was in town in the NFL. And they kind of didn't really care that much about us being there like it seemed like they were more concerned about the networks and the national stuff and I was I always thought that it was very silly on their part because if you're gonna have free events for the community in New York City why would you why wouldn't you want the local station to tell people about it and I always thought that and and it kind of felt like second class citizens to a certain extent you know same thing when uh, major league baseball was in town with the all-star games you know We, we, you know, I don't know. I just got a bad, I bet. So I always appreciated that you gave us the time of day, you know, at a huge event like that, you know, because it has, it's not always the case. Uh, Definitely some the communications people at some of these major places don't appreciate that local television is important when you're doing a local community event. So, Uh, yeah. that's, That's very kind of you to say, I, I, I really appreciate
0: that. And, and I do, I treat everybody completely equally. Um, you know, and, and my attitude is, I'm going to tell you the truth. If I can get it for you, I'll get it for you. If I can't get it for you, I'm just going to tell you, I can't get it or we can't get to it, or maybe we can come back to it later or whatever. But, um, most of those things, like whether, whether it's that live hit at the local chocolate shop, or it's a big thing, like the arrival of the enterprise space shuttle at JFK airport, um, it's all in the planning, really. Um, I, I remember, um, there was a lot of planning that we put into, um, getting the shot of the space shuttle on the back of the 747 landing. And behind the scenes, this is something that you were not involved in any of the media were involved in. We, we had a, a, a let's say a, a very heated discussion with the Port Authority of New York oh. <laughs> to get, to get the media out onto the tarmac in that little grassy space in between runways. So they could get that classic shot of the landing, right? Cause it's so important right i mean it's landing in new york you need to see the thing landing right, right. especially for tv and, and for and for for photographers um and, and so we i you know i i kind of went to the wall on that to make sure that you guys were out there um i also recall um we got two small buses and we put all the essential videographers and photographers on those buses to take them out to that spot and i got up onto the bus and I talked to a bunch of the guys who, and girls who were going to go out there. And um, th- these are people who do stakeouts. You know, they've seen dead bodies. Like, they do all kinds of things in the middle of the night. I mean, videographers and street reporters have seen it all. And I said to the guys, and I said to the, the people who were going out there, you know, I'm really jealous. You're going to be out on the tarmac the only time in history that a space shuttle lands at an, at an airport in New York City and i wish i could be with you and they all kind of flip me off and you know as and in, in in a good way right and with with good humor in the, in the way that grizzled street reporters and videographers will do when they came back on the bus they were jumping out of their pants yeah they were so <laughs> excited and and that's what i remember about being a street reporter too was, was you get to do stuff that nobody else gets to do and so now that i've been doing pr for the last couple of decades I never forget that adrenaline. I never forget the excitement, the true excitement of why you got into this in the first place is to tell these stories. And so that's why I try to give people, there's a very long way of coming back to what you said before, um, give people what they need to tell the story that they need to tell to their audience. And remember that it's it's not just about the reporter and the videographer and the what, but it's also about their audience is they're providing the service to their
1: audience. So help them speak to their audience. Yeah. And it, no, absolutely. And and it, it goes a long way and, you know, and it creates, it create you remember stuff like that. It, it you know, you, you, you want to work with that person again. Like if they give you, they have a pitch for you a couple of months later, you're like, you might, it might not be exactly something you want, but then you at least, you know, you could, you may be able to work something out with them because you know, that like you said, they're going to, they're going to make things happen for you and they're going to give you the best product possible, you know?
0: Let, let's bring it full circle here a little bit. What do you see? I mean, news, news is, it feels like news is always under fire, right? Newsrooms are shrinking, budgets shrink, people, um, you know, jobs disappear. Um, it, it's really a challenging business to be in. What do you see as the future of TV reporting? Let's talk about your specific industry of, of TV reporting. What do you see as the future and, and how might it change, do you think,
1: over the next few years? Well, I, you know, I have a great example right off the bat and it's something that's being done right and now where where I work in New York One. We, about a month ago, had a boot camp for a week with a gentleman named Michael Rosenblum who was, he was there at the beginning of New York One and kind of like one of those guys who was, you know, when New York One first started, you remember we had, we were kind of the creator of the one man band for better or for worse, which was, you know, a, a, a reporter who also shoots his own stuff and in some cases edits and everything like that. And that's, that's where things are headed to a certain extent, but he now is the believer in the technology of the iPhone. And we'd spent a week and shot a couple of pieces entirely shooting and editing on our iPhones. And I have now done in the past two weeks, I think I've shot about five pieces that way. So picture, I do the live shot in the morning and then I tell my videographer, hey, I'll see you later. And I go shoot it by, by myself. now this has been interesting because I've actually had to explain to your colleagues in the business. All right, here's the deal. When I shut walk through that door, you're not going to see a camera person. You're going to see me with a phone. <laughs> so, wow. it, and I've, and you know, and yeah, it's, it's definitely, so I was like, just get your clients ready, you know, get your clients ready to realize that, that it's still going to look great. It's going to be a nice piece, but You know, and in some cases they like it better because, you know, I mean, one thing about New York one is we've always traveled light. You know that. So (laughs) like people are shocked when we show up at at, at stories and it's just like a couple of us and we don't have a sound guy and a boom mic and this and a trailer and this and that. It's just us. Now it's even more pared down because it just I mean, and there are going to be stories where and, you know, I think this is one of the things my boss told me is there's going to be stories where he's going to be like, okay, yeah, you need a camera person for that. But there's also going to be a lot where he just, they just want me to do it with the phone now. Yeah, more, more of the day-to-day day maybe. On iMovie, yeah. That's incredible. I mean, I, I've been
0: doing that for, for a while, shooting my own video and photos when I have press conferences, hold events or availabilities or what have you, because I want to be able to send that information to the desks that weren't able to come. Um, so whether that's a TV desk or you know a, a weekly newspaper or what have you, you know, and some will use it and some won't, and you know, some have rules and regulations about why they can or can't use it. But the idea being that I want to, I, I go, I default to my DNA. I want to give them the pieces that they need to cover the story that I want them to cover, if it's at all possible. Um, but to hear that you're doing it now, that the, the TV, the broadcast TV, is doing it on the iPhone, um, that is an amazing thing to hear. Um,
1: and that you're editing on the phone as
0: well. I and mean, that's got to have challenges.
1: It, it, yeah. I mean, um, apparently, like, from what I understand, we're going to be getting iPads to be able to do that. So it'll be a little, a little larger bit, screen. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the editing. I'm actually, I'm doing all right with it on the phone. But, it's but you know, the one thing is that it definitely is, it changes. The, like, for instance, I do a lot of stories where I try stuff. So it's hard to shoot yourself trying things on, an you know, when it's just you. And actually last week, it's funny, I actually, one of the, and this is an ex- something that you would do, is that one of the PR people I work with grabbed the phone and took a shot of me like eating something so I could include that in my piece. So basically oh. she <laughs> helping so, you out, right? Yeah, because or else then, because she said to me, oh, Roger, you always do these things. You need to, I, I need to, I want to see you doing it. And, you know, th- so that might got, go by the wayside in certain situations now because of just the limitations of that. Now I figure out there's tricks you could do, you know, you could lean it up against the wall somewhere and like I was doing a skateboarding story and I skateboarded towards the phone and I had it up on a ledge I mean you know yep. you figure out little tricks but it's uh, you know but it's not as like I can't imagine I'd be able to do like for instance uh, you know a trapeze class I don't how am I going to shoot myself on the trapeze unless I hold the phone while I'm swinging or who knows <laughs> strap it to your head yeah, exactly. <laughs> how much of what you do, I know you are very active on
0: social media personally, but how much of what of your product, of your professional product is also uh, funneled into New York 1's social media? I've got to imagine it's a lot, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, ne- these days every time I file a story, I'm now also writing up a version for the news app. That's something that we didn't do in the past. In the old days, the web staff itself would would take our script and write it mm-hmm. they have thrown that over to us now so they want us to do it i guess the theory is that we know the story better there's less chance for error mm-hmm. so so but that does add a little it makes your day longer obviously because i'm kind of a perfectionist and and you know i wrote for my school newspaper in high school so i i don't want to just copy and paste my broadcast script into the website it's got to be different like for instance if i'm starting a piece where i'm like hey look at that airplane well, if I'm writing something and you can't see the airplane, so I got to change my way I write it. You know, so it's a totally different. So to me, it becomes a different, it's a different kind of story. I mean, and you know, you know, just going back to journalism school, there is a difference between the, how you write a broadcast story and how you write a newspaper or a magazine story. So, yep. so, for, so for that's sure. a whole, to me, the social media aspect and that web aspect is like almost a whole nother job. You
0: know? Oh, for, for sure. I, I completely agree with you, but it also sounds like, and I know because I know you, um, the the personal investment that you have in the work that you do um, will will clearly make a better product um, across all of those platforms, right? You're you're doing something unique for broadcast, then you're taking that and you're turning it into something that is unique for all these other pieces of of the uh, of the ultimate product, whether it's the web story or the app story or something that goes on Twitter or what have you. That's really right, exa- yeah.
1: And I've been like, you know, lately, what I've been doing is now that I know how to use the iMovie better from editing pieces, I've been doing kind of what you do. So I'll throw together. So if I'm going to tweet out a video of, hey, guess what? I'm in Jersey, I'm in the Bronx today at a, this great bakery. Well, I'm not going to just like show you a picture of a cannoli. I'm actually going to go back into the video and cut it together, maybe like, you know, a 30 second little like montage, and it looks a lot better. So in a way, I mean, it, I have to say, it's, it, it there's certain event, learning to use the iMovie app and being able to do this has made my social media product better. Oh, just in the last couple of weeks, I would think.
0: That's that's incredible. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, well, this has been a great conversation. We are going to go into a section of our podcast now that we call Rapid Fire. This is where we ask our guests uh, questions and they give us short or even one word answers. We're kind of stealing it from inside the actor's studio here, Roger. So uh, oh, sure. with, yeah. with your indulgence, here come five rapid fire questions. Are you ready? All right. All right, here we go.
1: Favorite news source, let me guess. Uh. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> you know, I actually, I'm going to say I love. Other, other than New York, other than your own, other than New York one, where do you go for news? Oh, um, 1010
0: wins. All right. Favorite social media platform?
1: Twitter. The drink you can't do without? It's right in front of me now. It's really horrible, but it's called Monster Rehab Tea Lemonade Energy Drink. (laughs) I don't drink coffee. I know. It's like, yeah, I'm 15 still, the way with my beverages. You You and me both. (laughs) Your favorite on-the-run
0: food? Uh, yeah. Chicken salad sandwich. Nice. And last question. What do you want to be after you finish this career?
1: Uh, an amateur bowler.
0: (laughs) Nice. Nice. I just want to
1: join like three, four bowling leagues and that's a.
0: In in addition to the drumming?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to be that old guy behind the drums, but yeah, I guess these days it doesn't matter. That's right. We're all old guys, right? I know. (laughs) Tell me about it. Well, Roger, this has been a
0: great conversation. Uh, Please let people know how they can find you online.
1: Sure. I mean, on Twitter uh, and I'm on Twitter a lot, which uh, you probably know, I I don't know. I kind of fell in love with it because I, I, all I do is talk. So I, I figured I might as well just tweet too. So it's Roger Clark 41. Uh, same for Instagram and 41. The significance is Tom Seaver, of course, who we just lost recently. He's my favorite baseball player. Yeah, I, I'm a big Mets fan. So, um, and then on Facebook, uh, just you, I'm just Roger Clark. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, I don't I don't have a, a, my own page or anything like a fan page or anything. I just it just me. Yep.
0: I I think the the social media is where where you shine the best. So that that's terrific. Roger, oh, thank, thank you again, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Please remember to subscribe to the show and to, to connect us with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram, at The PR Podcast. Send us a question or comment. We can try to answer it here on the air. And we'll see you next time on The PR Podcast.